and welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact. You're back from the proverbial sickness. I was not down with the sickness. Uh, no, it was once again not the virus. Um, I actually have very good authority that uh, I tested negative the day before I, <laughs> I got it. Uh, and have tested since. Um, actually, went back to the day gig since then, so everything's good as far as that. Just, man, the weather is just kicking the crap out of us all. Is it not? It definitely is. But after long ado, we took a little bit of time right there at Christmas. I was in no shape whatsoever to uh, come on and talk to you guys last week. But I'm back. You'll hear an occasional cough. I'm still kicking that a little bit. But, you know, it's uh, it's like we're down to the last five of the Royal Rumble and uh, ain't giving up now. Lots to talk about today. We're going to go over day one from WWE and what it means. We're going to talk about NXT. This is all from last week. Um, Obviously, AEW and uh, tell you about the upcoming UFC and Bellator stuff coming up. The upcoming stuff coming up. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. Uh, another round of WWE releases, although the article I saw made it seem like some of them just left. I'm pretty sure they're all released. But also, it is season three. Episode 16. So, we cannot do a 316 episode without mentioning Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, shout out to him. Steve, have a uh, Steve Weiser for us. Or a Broken Skull IPA. Once again, that is not what I'm drinking. But what I'm drinking does not sponsor this podcast, so you guys will just have to guess. But um, if you guys want a hint, uh, they sponsor a lot of Super Bowl halftime shows. And that probably narrowed it down to like five things. But without further ado, let's talk about day one. Day one, I don't know how many of these they're going to do, because day one happened on a Saturday. Maybe WWE learned something. Uh, For one, they had no competition on that Saturday, where they would usually have a a UFC or some other events. Um, Some other wrestling organizations like to use Saturdays sometimes. But maybe they learned that if they swapped... If they swapped their pay-per-views to a Saturday, they could dominate because I mean, you got to think their pay-per-views were typically from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Well, that means only the last hour, which is their big main events, would overlap into the first couple fights of a UFC or other things. So, most of the time, if you have an audience that is debating between the two, 
probably going to stay on your main events. Uh, I think Helwani said something about it, too. I, I think it's something WWE should consider, because they did some monster ratings. And it was also January 1st, where almost everybody had got up and recovered from their night before in time to watch this, and it, and it being a Saturday, you probably weren't doing much, and you didn't have to worry about it because you had Sunday to recover. But day one. The first thing we learn before the pay-per-view even starts is that Roman Reigns is tested for COVID. I, unlike most, initially and immediately thought, holy crap, I hope he's okay. Because remember, he has a compromised immune system because he recently battled cancer just, like what, a year ago or less, or maybe two years, whatever. He just recently, I think it was leukemia, isn't that what he had? doesn't matter what he had. He recently battled a big-time health issue. Roman, we hope you're okay. And in a way, I think it helped the pay-per-view. It hurt because one of your top draws, and I would say arguably your top draw at the moment in all of WWE, uh, wasn't on the pay-per-view. But the audible they called, this was one of the better backup plans WWE has had in a long time. And I feel like they just pulled it right out of their butt. We'll get to that in a minute. Because the kickoff show involves Cesaro and Ricochet teaming up to take Rich, Rich, uh, take, take on rather Rich Holland and Sheamus. They're trying to they're trying to build Ridge, and they're using Sheamus and Cesaro to do it, which is fine, I guess. Um, Ridge is, is is a good talent. Uh, bringing him in with Sheamus, I think it's not a bad idea. Having him go against people like Ricochet and Cesaro who know what they're doing, once again, probably not a bad idea. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with this being the, the thing, but uh, pretty early on, and I forgot who gave it to him now because it's been a little while, uh, somebody popped Ridge in the nose. It was either Ricochet or Cesaro kind of early on. I feel like it was Cesaro. It wasn't on purpose, but uh, it kept him out of the rest of the match, so it probably broke his nose. So, oddly enough, they stick him with Sheamus, who was famous for getting his nose broken recently and used into a storyline, and now Ridge seems to have had the same thing happen to him. We'll see what they do from there, but Sheamus ends up uh, one versus two, and he ends up with the win. Good for Sheamus. Ridge would have probably had the win, but... He didn't participate in the rest of the match, so they had to call an audible, and uh, they gave it to Sheamus, so good for him. Now, we had the Usos, who took on the New Day. The Usos being the tag team champions of SmackDown. The New Day being, like, 14-time tag team champions in the past. This might have been the match of the whole card, and it was the kickoff match. It wasn't part of the kickoff. This was the, the very first match. Uh, it set a precedent that I think even the main event had issues with. Living up to. 
Um, by far, the Usos are one of the better, more tenured, established teams. And by far, the New Day are just talent-wise off the charts as far as uh, singles and a tag team. Lots of highs, lots of lows, or not that many lows, tons of highs in this one. It was not a spot fest. It was just two of the best teams on the planet putting on a clinic. In the end, the Usos win. I think that's what needs to happen for now. And uh, I think this feud should continue for a little bit. Or they should put it to the side and build it back for WrestleMania. We had Drew McIntyre who took on Madcap Moss. I feel like this was kind of thrown together. Um, of course, Drew won, but hey, Moss showed everybody that he has the talent and ability to keep up with a lot of the big dogs, including Drew McIntyre. He did a very good job of keeping up with Drew's pace, and Drew's known to push people a little bit. So, good for Moss, who, even though he he got the loss in this matchup, uh, he looked really good. It's kind of what Ridge was supposed to look like in his match had he not been taken out of it so early. So, good for Moss. We had RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions, take on the Street Profits, somebody who loses every other week anyway. This is what I don't like about WWE. This is why Usos and New Day were such a great match. They're not constantly winning and losing. Usos have been on a pretty good run. New Day have been on a pretty good run. They face each other. It's where the UFC gets it right. Very rarely do you get a great upgraded matchup in your next fight if you lost the one before. And I know wrestling and MMA, wins and losses mean different things. In wrestling, wins and losses don't always mean everything. But here we go again, like I said, Street Profits who have just hardly no momentum. Yeah, they won some tournament that took like four weeks to do. We all forgot about the tournament until we realized they won it. And what did they win? The chance to lose to RK Bro? I don't like teams that are thrown together of two random people and then they're given title runs. And it, It's one thing if it's like the world champion and the number one contender and they're facing another high-profile team. You know, when... When uh, Shawn Michaels and John Cena teamed up, one being the champ, one being the number one contender, and they they faced off against rated RKO, you had four main eventers and a world title and some tag team titles all involved in that match. In this case, you get Street Profits, who, like I said, win and lose every other week. You get Riddle who seems like even is starting to fade even to the fan base. And arguably a living legend in Randy Orton. Orton's the only reason I watch this match. I'll be honest. I like the Street Profits. I don't have a problem with them except for that they have no credibility because they're constantly winning and losing and there's just no momentum. You guys know I don't like Riddle. Riddle is like the new Jeff Hardy. 
makes no sense why he gets the opportunities he does because it just style doesn't translate. At least to me. But RK Bro keep their titles. Of course they do. They moved all the teams that they used to beat on SmackDown over to Raw, and now they just keep beating the same teams. Somebody needs to beat RK Bro. Um, Edge took on The Miz with Maurice down by his side. Maurice did a good job of of uh, playing her role in this whole thing and trying to aid The Miz in it. It came down to uh, Edge ultimately won, as you should have. And Beth Phoenix came into play. We're going to get, probably going to be WrestleMania. They need to do it then, which is why doing it this early is just not great. Because it's just too much time to build. You're looking at like three or four months to build. So, uh, Edge gets the win. I like that Edge gets the win because Miz, Miz is in that juncture just like with Randy Orton. Like Triple H and, and John Cena and, and ones before. He wins whether he wins or loses. It doesn't matter. He wins by showing up. He wins because he gets that reaction no matter what. I would actually argue that he seems to to profit more when he loses than when he wins. But uh, like I said, that's just going to set up stuff. Becky Lynch took on Liv Morgan. Let me just put this out there. I am super stoked. Big time Bex is back. Super stoked she's the champ. I don't have a problem with Liv Morgan getting a title shot. I just have a problem with this was like a two-week rush job. So it just didn't fit. It didn't fit at all. Uh, Liv's efforts in in the last two weeks just kind of go to waste. Because we knew she wasn't going to be Becky. Unless this comes around six months from now and she has a rematch, this doesn't mean anything. All it did was waste time on a pay-per-view, and it was a good match. But Liv's not ready. She's not ready on big-time Bex level, which is a hard level to get to anyway. Um, But hopefully we'll be getting Bailey back on the roster. Hopefully we'll be getting... Um, Sasha's back already. Ashka, that's the other one. Maybe we'll be getting her back. There's really only about four or five of them that are just on that top level, and it's 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 Becky Lynch, it's Charlotte. You could throw Sasha in there, Ashka as well. Um, Bailey. I mean, I throw Natalia in there. She's got the skills to to be in there with them. So there's six that are really just at a top level, and the rest of them are, are good. And they're they're not none of them are terrible, but you have to build them up to get them to that next level. Think of it like a video game. Your level three little fighter person. I mean, just it could be a knight. It could be a karate. Person, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever your character is on your favorite video game. Um, when you when uh, when you first start the game, are you ready to take on the final boss? No. 
after you've played the game and you're a third of the way through the game, are you ready to face the final boss? No. Well, what about when you've you've uh, played through half of the game? You guys kind of get where I'm going with this. Without the proper push and the proper skills, making sure everybody's ready to go, when you take somebody on the top level and have them face somebody who is not quite on the top level, and they could even be just barely off of it, it doesn't come out right. It doesn't. But Bex retains as she should. Now we move on to Royal Rumble. See, a rematch with Liv at Royal Rumble makes better sense because she doesn't need to be in the Rumble because everybody will think she's going to win and she doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. It just doesn't make sense. One of those other people I mentioned should. If Charlotte and Becky Lynch are going to be the WrestleMania champions coming in, it's kind of a rumor they could face each other. Uh, I don't know. Kind of ruins the whole Royal Rumble concept. But whatever they're going to do, they need to build somebody. And you have three months to do it. Oh, four months. I forgot when WrestleMania is. Either way. Usually early April. That left us to the main event. So what did they do? Brock Lesnar doesn't have an opponent. And you had a four-way on the other side for the Raw belt. The only thing I didn't like was that Raw champion Biggie was having put his belt on the line. Now he was against Kevin Owens. I'm okay if he's a champ. Seth Rollins, I'm okay if he's a champ. I'm big fans of everybody involved in this. Uh, Lashley, no problems. And then they add Brock to this one. Now's where it gets interesting. Because as back and forth as this went, your new Raw champion is Brock Lesnar. So we're going to get Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania and tie up both belts. Or we have one we have one champion chasing the other champion. Once again, it ties up both sides. What do you do now? So we'll see what they're going to do. I have not seen this week's Raw. You guys know that. I haven't seen any of this week's stuff. I'll be watching as soon as we're done with the show. As far as day one, I give it a four out of five. Um, you can't all have A plus matches, although none of them were none of them were duds. They're all pretty good. They all are building towards something. Outside of RK Pro, who knows? But overall, that was pretty good. Now we go to NXT. NXT. Um, here's my note on this. AJ Styles, Grayson Waller could be interesting. We know it is AJ helping build the future. Grayson Waller has came out of nowhere in the past month or two from being just a random guy who came out talking to um, helping with the, the War Games uh, finale. But Waller is a good matchup for AJ because what Waller is going to do, AJ can counter and be on top of. And he can actually make Grayson a a much better wrestler. So this is a feud I'm actually looking forward to. Usually I don't like when the the veteran has to put over the young guy. I mean, this is how much they, they, they really like Waller. 
He's the one who demolishes Gargano on the way out. He took out L.A. Knight, stole his car, and then now they have him against A.J. Styles. They really like Grayson Waller. And if they do it right in the next year, he will be a featured player on NXT. And in the next two or three years, he could be a, uh, a big-time player in the WWE and, you know, Raw or SmackDown. But no AJ Styles meant that Waller took on Odyssey Jones, who won the Prospect Tournament. Of course, Waller wins, but Odyssey Jones, man, he that big man, he can wrestle. And I wouldn't want to have to wrestle him. But uh, Waller gets the win, of course. Uh, New Year's Evil wa- or is, wa- was yesterday. We'll talk about that next week. I look forward to watching it here in a few short minutes. It looks like we're going to get MSK and Riddle. See, this is the thing. Is Riddle with RK-Bro, or is he down here mentoring MSK? You can't do both, in my opinion. Pick one. Looks like he's going to be down here, though, for a minute, as MSK and Riddle are going to have a match coming up with Imperium and Walter, who looks like he's going to make... Uh, he's going to come over to the American roster of NXT for a while. Remember, it had it based off he is dating one of the uh, female talents that just recently came over here as well from the UK. A lot of people would say Walter was going to come to America and stay here. So I guess we'll see. And I look forward to it because Walter is a tremendous talent. And Imperium and MSK are fantastic tag teams. So I like that. Um, the fact that they tried to build Joe Gacy and then now they're using two weeks worth of Gacy to build Harlan out of nowhere. I don't know. I'm not buying it. He's just run over people. He was supposed to take on Kendrick. Kendrick wasn't there. So he took on Andre Chase, who is everybody else's kind of plaything. So, okay. I just, where are you going with it? Harlan needs to go against somebody who kind of halfway stands up to him instead of him doing squash match type stuff all the time because that doesn't help anybody. We saw the debut of former, I think, Olympic gymnast. I know she was a big-time gymnast, I believe. Tiffany Stratton made her debut versus Fallon Henley. Uh, Stratton showed some promise. She's still a little green. Hey, she just started. This is her debut. She's a heck of an athlete. She needs to button up a couple things. But once again, she's brand new. Um, the thing I was having difficulty with was her her gimmick, her, her character, what she was trying to play off. They say your best character, your best gimmick in wrestling is your personality turned up to 11. I don't know that spoiled rich girl, you know, tennis playing, preppy. I don't know that that's necessarily Tiffany. It's, she's got to really either dig in deep to it and show us that it is, or you, you got to change that pretty quick. You just got to change that pretty quick. And, uh, like I said, she showed a lot of promise. She 
her her movement is is pretty good. And you know, I think as she goes along, I think she needs a couple more little matches like this before you put her into a program. She shows promise though, and that's that's something when you're that early into it, you either you either show something or they have to start rethinking things. And you, I, th- I think Tiffany showed a lot. I look forward to what she's going to do. Um, Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes did big uh, press conference signing, and they run into each other. And they're basically going to eliminate one of these belts. I don't know if it's the North American belt or the cruiserweight belt. Probably cruiserweight because they've never thought very highly of cruiserweights in WWE ever. They get rid of that, I would expect 205 Live to follow it out the door. Then I don't know who you'd give the belt to. Carmelo is kind of the up-and-coming star. Roderick Strong has is by far, I mean, he's like Gargano. He has had five-star classics all across the world. You just didn't see them because it was in all kinds of different uh, associations. Um, and, and something that kind of surprised me, Solo Sokoa, who I believe is one of the cousins of Roman Reigns and the Usos, because he looks a lot like him if you actually look at him. He took on Santos Escobar. Solo gets the win. Solo gets the win against Santos. I thought he looked good. He's He's really... He's a lot like the Usos, and he's very simplistic in the types of things he does. But, I mean, you know, that's not a bad thing in wrestling. Do what you do, and do it better than anybody else. And Solo Sokoa is doing that. He's very methodical. He likes to slow things down. That's a good recipe to do him some good stuff. Uh, and, and he looks ready. And somebody who does not look ready. And it looks like he's rushed and he's just trying too hard. Is Von Wagner. He took on Malik Blade. And yeah, he wins in this one, but... I'd heard a rumor. As you guys have heard him too. But I'd heard a rumor... That... Uh, he was going to get called at the main roster. That's why all of a sudden, what, a month ago, you know, we come back from break and he's standing in the back next to Vince or somebody. He was supposed to get called up. And Vince mixed it. He said, no, he's not ready. So I don't know if something happened or if he's just been watching his television that uh, Wagner's not ready. I said, he. it's very forced. It's, there's no, it's kind of an erratic pace. Vaughn's just got to slow down, and if he's going to be a monster, be a monster. And if he's just going to be a big power guy, be a big power guy. And he's got to work on his mic skills a little bit. He's a good talent. But as far as, I mean, he took on Malik Blade, as I said, and even though he beat Malik, uh, Malik is way better developed than he is right now. And uh, Vaughn, to be as big as he is, the vent said no. Vaughn, you don't get many more chances, so make sure when you package everything together, you package it the right way. Then we had 
uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade versus Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. The, the winning tag team got to face Mandy Rose for the belt in a three-way, uh, you know, for this week's New Year's Evil. Now, Gonzalez and Jade were already in the match, and they had to put it on the line against Io Shirai and KP Ray. Normally, you got two former champs there, one from UK, one from here, and you would say, well, the advantage is there. In fact, Jade is the only one in the whole match that had not won the belt yet. But you would think EO and Kaylee Ray would have an advantage in in unseating the, the current incumbents there. But this came out of nowhere. The way it was thrown together, I kind of thought it was going to be EO and Kaylee Ray because Jade and Gonzalez were, it was either an incident or somebody was hurt. But Cora Jade gets the pin on Kaylee Ray. Maybe it was to help look more legitimate to be in a, a triple threat match. I would have thought Mandy Rose needed a little more convincing than than one of these two, but it is what it is. Uh, it was a decent tag match in NXT. And it set up the match for, what, last night? I mean, all in all, I like a lot of stuff WWE's doing. While we're at it, let's talk about the recent releases. Um, I saw it earlier. I saw a couple of the names. We know WWE is doing a lot of cost-cutting. They are rebranding and refacing NXT. They are shaking up other parts of the company. Um, no, they're not hemorrhaging money. They're not doing this so they don't go out of business, nothing like that. They're just giving a lot of things a much-needed facelift. And that means sometimes your favorite talents are going to be let go. But it was brought to my attention a couple of these names, and I said, uh, let me see the whole list. And here's the whole list, at least as far as I saw. William Regal, A. Steele, Road Dog, Ranjan Singh, Scott Armstrong, and Ryan Katz. Okay. A lot of talent in that. Lot of history, and they uh, majority of ev- almost every one of them have to do with NXT. Yep, every pretty much every one of them have to do with NXT. Let's uh, let's start with the ones maybe haven't you know that much about Ryan Katz. Ever since the passing of Dusty Rhodes, has taken over a lot of the um, character development and things like that. Uh, really getting people to dig into their gimmicks and their characters, really be who you are. He did a big job of that. He pretty much took over the Dusty. Uh, Scott Armstrong, uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and, and coaching and developing. Ronson Singh, the same way. You know, he used to manage the great colleague, but he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Road Dog is one of the best road agents and behind-the-scenes Producers and such uh, was helping with the production of shows and things like that. Got the road dog. Uh, he's actually brothers with Scott Armstrong. Or is he Scott? No, he's Brian. He's Brian Armstrong. All disciples and sons of 
the bullet Bob Armstrong. And so you had Scott Armstrong, Steve Armstrong, part of tag team. There was Brian, or no, Brett. Yeah, Brett. Brad, Brian, Steve, and Scott, I think, are the brothers. Uh, so then that leaves us. Uh, Ace Steel, for people who don't know who Ace Steel is, he's close buddies with CM Punk. And another guy, that you might know. Which is... Uh, Boom Boom, as I call him. That is his nickname. But, uh... Got his name. What is... This is great radio. Cole Cabana. Man, I feel bad. Anyway, CM Punk and Cole Cabana and A Steel are not only practically best friends, they probably are best friends. Uh, they formed a group out on the indie scene years ago called the Second City Saints. I think it's Second City Saints. Second City something. So Ace, who was uh, a big-time trainer in NXT and WWE, my guess is that he's going to go to AEW and either have a similar role, or we may see the return of Ace Steel, and maybe at least, maybe a couple times, we can see the Second City Saints reunion. I think that would be great. Or Ace could, you know, I don't know, he might go to Ring of Honor and help resurrect that. Ace is really great in the training aspect. He's a great wrestler, too. Uh, he should be fine. But so far, none of these are, like, just groundbreaking. You know, everybody's like, oh, my God, they release more people. Okay, companies do that. They hire and fire, and, and you turn rosters, and it happens everywhere. My day gig, we're seeing it happen right now. Have people leave, you bring people in. You, you turn the roster, you keep moving. And then we get to William Regal. That buddy's like, I can't believe they got rid of, rid of William Regal. He's the GM of NXT. Yes, that's the last on-screen role he had. He was in charge of talent relations and development as well, too. Had a pretty big position there. But we haven't seen him very much hardly at all, in the last couple months on television, uh, for, for whatever reasons. And Regal's been around a long time. I'm not saying that's a reason to get rid of somebody, but if you're wanting to give NXT a facelift, I think somebody else needs to be the on-screen GM. I don't know who. Um, not Samoa Joe. He's, he's, too, he's too aggressive. But... There'll be somebody out there that just will make perfect sense. And so, 
Am I surprised by any of these releases? No. Am I shocked? No. Am I appalled? No. Am I taken back? No. Some of these people were probably wanting to leave anyway. And so when it comes to them starting to let people go, sometimes, you know, they know who wants to go and, and, and things like that. And other times, they decide it's time to go in a different direction. Like I said, we know they've put all this time, effort, money into repurposing, refacing, rebranding the NXT brand. It's so, besides just painting the walls or giving a new theme song or a, a new splash of color on the Jumbotron, you shake things up. You change your GM. You change uh, some of the agents and back, backstage people. You change some of the trainers, some of the development guys. You, you do different things. Good luck to all these people. I mean, every one of them are going to find work in the wrestling industry if they want it. If they don't, they'll find work wherever because they're all good talents. Uh, let's see. Um, AEW. Don't have very much to talk about anymore. AEW, and I would talk about Impact Wrestling, but they keep doing best of collaboration things. I look for them to record. A, you know, they love to record about a month's worth of shows at a time. So uh, I look forward to to seeing those pretty soon. Uh, AEW. We saw the return of Jim Ross, who is cancer-free. Yeah, I think it was skin-related. It doesn't matter. He's cancer-free. It was fantastic to see him back. I love that they started the show, paused the show, let him come out to his own entrance of, of uh, the Oklahoma University fight song. And they said, uh, you know, welcome back, Jim and, and Jim Ross. All this, and he sat down. And he said, "Well, it's good to be back, and more importantly, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. That's what we've been waiting to hear." Um, what they called their little last week's kind of events when their Wednesday and Friday Saturday show. Excuse me about that one. They called it New Year's Smash. And when I first heard New Year's Smash, I thought, all right, we're finally getting an event to talk about Barry Darso. Of course, being Smash, of Axel Smash of Demolition, one of my childhood favorite teams, with uh, Al Harris, I believe, was Axe. And years later, uh, Brian Adams, not the Canadian, Brian Adams, the Hawaiian, was added as Crush. But... Uh, to, 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 to my dismay, this was not a Barry Darso tribute. Not Barry Darso. Uh, no, this was just what they wanted to call their, their cool event right there at the New Year's, where uh, we opened up with Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian, Ray Phoenix, and Penta El Zero Miedo. I swear I learned different languages based off wrestling. I really do. 
They took on FTR, Private Party, and Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy and the Private Party, huh? Sounds like a dude. Sounds a lot like Mike Milligan and the Kitchen Brothers. But, hey, tell you what, if you get that reference, if you listen to the show and you get that reference, send me a message. I'm going to send you something. First one to tell me that reference. Uh, of course, FTR gets the win over Christian. It causes a little bit of uh, friction. Christian causing friction. I just Dr. Seuss today, apparently. Uh, but the friction is now between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and then Ray Phoenix and Penta El Zero Miedo. Because they both feel like they should be the tag champs, and only Phoenix and Penta can actually say that. So if that's setting up a match between those four, sign me up. That's going to be a fun, fun match. Uh, they had another match for 2.0, and, and Daniel Garcia took on Eddie Kingston with Ortiz and Santana. I don't know. The whole match was kind of a cluster. They beat Santana. Then they started to beat down Kingston and Ortiz at the end, and Jericho comes out to save them all. And then Kingston gets in Jericho's face and said, I don't know why you come down here. I don't need you. I don't need your help. It's just classic Kingston and classic Jericho there. If it's setting up a match between the two of them, it'll be just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Uh, Wardlow beat a guy named Colin Delaney, and then Sean Spears hit him with a chair a half dozen times. It looks like Wardlow is working his way towards a split with MJF. And I like it. They don't really need each other. Not anymore. They did. Now they don't. Wardlow, I think, is better on his own. They'll pair him up with somebody, but I think he's better on his own. His first blow-off match should be against Spears. He doesn't need to beat MJF because then that stops MJF's momentum. Uh, Lambert, Sky, and Ethan came out, and uh, Lambert's really good at running his mouth. Uh, said a lot of stuff about Brandy Rhodes and uh, Dustin, and, of course, they came out. That set up some stuff for uh, Rampage that we'll talk about in a minute. In the semifinals of the TBS Women's Championship, I believe. It's not the, the TNT first, you know, the TNT belt that the men have, but it's the TBS one. Because starting this week, AEW Dynamite is on TBS. Check local listings. Um, Jade Cargill took on Thunder Rosa. Cargill is super new, super green. Uh, she has she has some good moments, and then she has some cringeworthy ones. Which is fine. But using Thunder Rosa to, to put Cargill over into the finals. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. A lot of people would say, well, it's because she's going to face uh, Ruby Riot, who is a, a definite face, and you won't face her heel. 
I'd argue that Ruby versus Thunder Rosa is borderline main event quality. Cargill and Ruby, it's going to be interesting. And if Ruby doesn't win it, maybe we should write. Because by far, Cargill's not ready. And if they give her a belt this early on like this, it's just not going to go well. Uh, let's see, that brought up CM Punk, who come out and said some things. Sammy Guevara come out and said some things. Guevara got a raw deal of losing his belt to Cody. I, I kind of get where they're going with it, but Guevara was doing really good putting that on the map. And now that Cody has it back, this run is just kind of, yeah. We got to see the return of Red Dragon, which is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And they teamed up with uh, good friend Adam Cole, Pepe. Let's take on the best friends, Trent and Chucky T. And Orange Cassidy, of course. Um, O'Reilly ends up with the win over Chucky T. That makes sense. Chuck can take the loss. He takes a lot of them. And uh, O'Reilly being the new guy, proving his worth. Now, it's kind of weird how the Young Bucks kind of come in and save Cole at the end because O'Reilly ended up hitting Cole inadvertently. That happens. But it's going to put Cole in the middle where it's Cole with the Young Bucks or it's Cole with Red Dragon. It's smart. It'd be Red Dragon. Um, that led us to Rampage. On Rampage, we open up with Darby who had Sting, against Anthony Bowens, who had Max Caster. And Caster's a pretty good talent. He's good at running his mouth. He's great at running his mouth. He's a pretty good athletic talent. Bowens is the opposite. Bowens is not known as the mouthpiece, but he can wrestle his butt off, and he did. Darby versus Bowens was really good. Really good. But, of course, Darby wins, as he should. I said, Darby really grew on me. I, I very much enjoy his style now. And having Sting out there is a fun little change-up, too, because they may have a little bit in common attitude-wise, but wrestling-wise, they are polar opposites. It works. Um, at the end, Andrade had something to do with it, as uh, Bowens and Castor were attacked Darby and Sting. Um, Darby versus Andrade. That could be interesting. That could be interesting. Sign me up for that. Then we had, my goodness. It was a street fight, for who knows what reason, where the Bunny and Penelope Ford took on Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Uh, except for the breast knuckles involved between the four of them, I don't know why it was a street fight. Uh, there were there were thumbtacks, there were tables. Um, what didn't make sense to me was that I think it was Anna J had the breast knuckles on her right hand. She swings and hits the bunny 
in the left cheek. If you're the bunny, it hits you in the left cheek. The bunny crumples to the floor, gets up a couple minutes later, and remember, she hit her on the left cheek. Because when she gets up, she is a bloody mess. The blood wound is coming from above her right eye, right at her hairline. Now, how you can get hit with brass knuckles in your left cheek of your face and the top right of your head is bleeding is beyond me. And that was that was just one of, I don't know, half a dozen or better moments where it just did not, did not add up. Luckily, Anna Jay and Ty Conti get the win. Anna Jay, I believe, ended up with the pinfall. They all were worse for wear by the end of this. I just, uh, I don't know. It was a big time filler match, what it ended up being. And it wasn't that good. And it was just, let's see how many weapons we can make. And when you do these things, you have to have a theme and you have to have a story. And there was just none of any of that. It hopefully this this feud is done now. And then that left us to Dan Lambert had been saying a lot that because of people like Cody Rhodes who just stepped in front of everybody in line that people like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky weren't getting the title opportunities and other things. It's a good argument. It's a good argument. It really is. It's hard to disagree with it as much as you want to with Dan Lambert. But, uh, Dan, I hear you. I agree. So Cody says, fine. So Cody puts his TNT title on the line against Ethan Page. It's a good match. Um... Of course, Cody wins. Imagine that. But it puts that argument to rest for a minute that Cody just steps in front of people. She does. It helps. But I can't—I don't know if they're going to do a full swap here where Cody is eventually going to be the heel and Lambert is going to be kind of the voice of reason. Oh, well, it could happen. It could definitely happen. But either way. We'll know later when we get into this what um, you know later when we get a chance to watch AEW after the show we'll we'll see what developed from this and see who Cody's going to run over this week. Cody's got to swap to a heel soon because he gets booed out of the building from the time he gets there. And uh, he just plays it off like they're cheering, and they're not, Cody. And if you don't play more into it, even you know, if you don't play more into this, the crowd's going to turn all right. They're going to turn around, and you're going to get no reaction. That's the worst thing you can get in wrestling is no reaction. You want good or bad. You don't want it different. Uh, now some news and notes before we get out of here. January 29th in Phoenix on Showtime, Bellator 273. It is the heavyweight unification main event. It's got a pretty good 
we'll get in, in the upcoming weeks, we'll talk more about the actual card. But for now, we're going to get uh, Moldovsky versus uh, Ryan Bader. It is in Bader's uh, home area, Phoenix. So he's got to be the favorite, but Moldovsky's going to be bringing, bringing the noise, too. So that's going to be fun. We'll be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. UFC Fight Night, January 15th. That is next Saturday, I believe. Next Saturday, yep. According to the calendar. We're going to get uh, Giga Jukot, uh Chikase versus uh, Calvin Cutter. That is your flyweight main event. Or is that featherweight? I think it's featherweight. Uh, good card there as well. But uh, we'll talk about it next week, obviously. And then uh, Tyrone Woodley versus Jake Paul. Let's give these guys credit. They didn't have to fight. Woodley come in as a last-minute replacement because, um, what's his name? Tyson Fury's little brother backed out because he didn't want to be shunned from his family. And, uh, you know, Woodley and Paul seem to, to be buddies now. And Paul is trying to line up some fights for Woodley. Jake Paul is legitimate. So is Logan. And Logan says he never got paid for Mayweather. Uh, Logan, let me put this one thing out to you. If it involves pay-per-view buys, sometimes it can take up to six or eight months for those numbers to be in, to be turned in properly, and then you'll know from there what your cut was, and they'll cut you from there. So, appreciate you calling him out and doing all those fun things like that, but uh, you may just have to wait a few minutes on your money there, Logan. But, hey, Paul Brothers legitimate, guys. Tyron Woodley legitimate as well. Tommy Fury, there we go, there we go. Yeah, Sassy had to tell me that. Tommy Fury. Yeah, whatever. I choose the Paul Brothers over over Tommy Fury any day. But that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin since this is episode 316 of Strong Style. Thanks for joining us. We will see you guys next week. It's good to be back. Deuce, gooses. Go watch fighting.